Hello, this is Mike Edel and Steve Carpenter. Welcome to the 28th episode of our podcast, Beer, Baseball, and Binds. Uh, today, Steve, we are joined by Atlas Brewing from uh, Washington, D.C., home of the World Series champion, Washington Nationals. Wow, gotta love it. Woo-woo! Yes! yes. It's exciting. I mean, it was a great World Series. Steve and I, we, we're big baseball fans, and Steve came in this morning and he said, this is why baseball is the greatest sport, and it's absolutely right. It, really it was a great is. World Series. And, and actually, somebody said last night, this is the first seven-game series in any sport, so hockey, NBA, basketball, or baseball, where there is actually a home field disadvantage. <laughs> <laughs> the away team won every single game. Well, uh, we're very pleased to be uh, joined by Justin Cox, and I know you've got a couple of your colleagues with you, Justin. Uh, just introduce yourselves, and uh, and yeah, great for for Nationals fans. And uh, introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about what you're uh, what you're doing there at Atlas. Hi, I'm Sean Palmatier. I do quality assurance at Atlas. Uh, also run the canning line, do some cellaring, and uh, just uh, focus on everything quality. Nice. And I'm Austin Lieber. I'm the lead brewer. Um, I'm the Fairweather uh, Pittsburgh fan. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. These are uh, our, our two resident baseball heads in-house. And Justin, you're the, the founder and CEO, is that correct? That is correct, yep. And if I read online, you're originally uh, from Tennessee, so if you've become a Nationals fan, and uh, I'm guessing maybe a, what, a Cardinals fan beforehand, or what's your evolution been? So, yeah, growing up, I was uh, in East Tennessee and within the grip of the Braves. Okay, so we were on the East Side. Okay. Yeah, yeah, broadcast uh, guys down there. But, yeah, I've been in D.C. now for about 15, 16 years. I um, actually lived at my first apartment in D.C. was about four blocks from RFK where the Nats uh, initially played when they moved back here in 2005. And uh, how wild was it? What, did you guys op- have a? Uh, do you have a TV? You watch the game on uh, it, at your uh, at your pub last night, or uh, you're at someplace else watching, or what were you guys doing last night watching the game? We started our tap room on in, on site at the brewery here. Um, we had the game on last night, but we had a couple other events going on simultaneously. Um, but then the the previous games we had them on with sound in the tap room. It had pretty good attendance. We we actually make a beer for the Washington Nationals. Um, called the 1500 South Cap Lager, which is the address of the ballpark. Nice. Um, so we were running a special on that beer for folks that are coming in and watching the game and cheering on the team. And you had uh, on, on, online, you have one of your beer ambassadors was at, uh, at a game holding a cup. Is that what was she was holding that or what? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of, of, of holding beers, Bud Lightman, huh? Yeah. I was going <laughs> to say, could she uh, catch a baseball and hold a beer at the same time? Two beers. Yeah. I know. There, there was maybe a one in eight chance those could have been Atlas beers in that guy's <laughs> hand. Uh, that would have been awesome. That was a, that was a classic. Uh, between that guy catching the ball with his belly and then that other guy in the College World Series where he caught one hand and held the other one and chugged it. Yeah. That's a good, uh, good, good no, reason and, why we do this podcast. Yeah, and, and Anheuser-Busch uh, flew him out to uh, Houston, and, yeah. and, of course, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's going to make his own a little, TV uh, T-shirts now. Probably his own TV show at some point, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that his, was good. His uh, 
because he was holding Bud Lights and not Atlas, he probably did a little bit better. Than, uh, <laughs> could have brought him down the street for a brewery tour, maybe. Well, and he even referenced his little league coach, you know, teaching him how to get in front of the ball and stop it. Yep. And uh, so it was kind of cool. Yep, nope, that was a lot I of I thought fun. you were going to say his little league coach taught him how to drink beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, that could too be. It depends on where he's from, so <laughs> – but uh, well, you guys, uh, let, we'll come back to baseball in a minute because it was truly a great World Series. But uh, Justin, tell us—I mean, you, you kind of came out of home brewing and, and and moved into commercial brewing. Is that was that your journey? Yeah. So, like I said, I grew up in East Tennessee and then uh, moved up to DC, chasing a girl back in the day. Um, I was just a big a big beer nerd personally and a big home brewer. Um, and at the time, it's kind of crazy in DC. Um, there were no commercial breweries in operation. So since sometime in the 50s when the old Heyrich Brewery shut down, there had been no breweries in D.C., I am kind of saw that from the business perspective, seeing it was a good opportunity. Um, and in the meantime, I'd been working for the federal government in just a soul-crushing bureaucratic job. Um, mm-hmm. And those two things kind of came together, and I said, screw it, I'm going to try to start a brewery in D.C. Nice. It seems like if any city in the world needs beer, it's got to <laughs> be Washington. Right. Yep. Yeah. But uh, you, know, you guys uh, and you guys have been around since uh, 2015. Is that right? 2013. Yeah, we just had our sixth anniversary um, in September of this year. Oh, cool. And Sean, how long have you been uh, at Atlas? Uh, about five years now. Okay. Uh, four or five years. Um, I came on originally. I actually worked for a mobile canning company uh, and canned the first couple of times that Atlas ever put their beer in cans, and mm-hmm. then. Uh, when I saw Justin moving around some canning equipment with the forklift, I gave him a call and applied for the job, and they brought me on. So nice. I finished my degree in biochem in 2016, and uh, since then I've just been working on uh, spending more time in the lab and focusing more on quality. Nice. So no diacetyl in these beers, right? <laughs> Hope not. We, thanks for sending the beer <laughs> out. We're good, actually yeah. enjoying uh, one of your pale ales, Dance of Days. That, that has a couple of hops that are near and dear to our hearts in it. And a uh, very nice yeah. beer. All that Citra Mosaic. It's a beautiful yeah. combination. And Austin, uh, is this this is one of your brews? Or Justin, who uh, who had the recipe behind this one? Uh, neither of those I'm going to take credit for. The Dance of Days was a former brewer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that really showed me the ropes here, to be honest. Um, Rowdy is Justin's recipe. Okay. So I'm going to take credit while he's sitting here. Yep, nice. <laughs> So, so you you mentioned citron mosaic or a couple of your favorite hops. Uh, how how much of your hop bill now is those two hops, and as opposed to the the rest of the hops you got available to you? And that recipe and dance of days in, in general, in general, in general for you guys. Um. Well, so I mean, we use obviously a lot of citron mosaic and dance of days, and yep. dance of days is a relatively new beer for us and part of our core lineup of beers. Um, so we've been been producing it. It was draft only for a little while, and then brought cans on probably two and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas uh, you know some of our other core brands are um, have been on the market a little bit longer than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Dance Days is definitely grabbing some attention and creeping up there uh, in terms of our, our sales. So um, we're you know, significant amount of, of those hops in this beer, which is increasing increasingly large as part of our portfolio. How, how have your uh, beer consumers? change their taste uh, from when you started Justin to today are they gravitating towards particular styles uh, from from where you were in the past and is it accelerating or is it holding steady now what what's going on with the your customers 
so we've kind of had a strange path in terms of the beers that we've brewed. We, we first opened, we, we opened with two beers, which was District Common, which is a, a craft lager. It's really actually a, a California Common. Um, and then Rowdy, which you all also have, which is our hoppy rye. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a few months later, we looked back, we had four beers available and three of them were lagers, which is not normal for a, a, a mm-hmm. new brewery. Mm-hmm. Um, and we actually did not even put out an IPA until maybe our third year in business or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just kind of wanted to, you know, show off our, our brewing chops um, and other, other genres. But, um, you know, our IPA is definitely our number one seller now. There's, you know, hops are so popular and, and there's so, so many varieties of, of flavor and flavor components that you can derive from hops. Um, we, we definitely see gravitation towards Ponzi and the Dance of Days, our, uh, the pale ale you guys have. Um, but we also, you know, make some lager. Like I mentioned earlier, the 1500 we make for the Nats is a very popular beer. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually have a, a, a stout called Silent Neighbor, which is a pumpernickel stout. And interesting enough, we've seen quite a, there seems to be a just as fervent contingent of stout drinkers out there as IPA drinkers. They just don't make a lot of noise about it. Right. Yep. No, and Austin, Austin, how long have you been there, and how did you get your started in brewing? Um, I started about the same time Sean did, full-time. Um, we've been here for about five years. I just uh, came about from the tap room first. Um, Justin poached me from a local bar that I was managing, and mm-hmm. I was just kind of homebrewing on the side, and mm-hmm. I had Rowdy for the first time. I was like, holy shit, man, can I work for you? Mm-hmm. Um, so I uh, started in the tap room, and, like, I don't know, nagged him enough to wash kegs and work my way up from there. But, nice. uh, yeah, I pretty much started uh, in the first six months of opening. Now, Austin, if you come in the tap room and Austin's behind the bar, if you order a flight, he will give you the biggest scowl you've ever seen. Yeah, I don't work in the tap room anymore. <laughs> yep, yep, nice. Now, w- within your, uh, within your c- uh, consumers, are, are they, are you up in the Adams Morgan uh, neighborhood? Is that right? No, we're in uh, our neighborhood. is called Ivy City. Okay, we're over okay. in the north- northeast portion of DC. Okay, so is do you have a lot of people that are working? Uh, I mean, I'm assuming within the government and are are kind of commuters uh, up and down the, the the trains, or or are they people that you know live there and uh, come in during the weekends, or what? You know, what's sort of your crowd? We get for the in, in the tap room itself. Um, we get during the week. It's a lot of kind of neighborhood folks, and we're in between a couple a couple neighborhoods. Um, and we're honestly we're relatively slow during the week, but the weekends are really the bread and butter for the tap room, and that's people coming from all over. We get a lot of a lot of Maryland and Virginia people who are coming in from surrounding areas to kind of go and do whatever they're doing in D.C. and they'll drop by and have a couple beers. Um, being D.C., you know, we're obviously a large tourist destination city so we get people from all over the country and all over the world who nice. are mm-hmm. coming in to see the sites and the monuments and then um you know their people love local craft beer so they look us up and i'll drop by and, and have a pint nice nice uh so how many uh how many games did you guys get to this year watching the nationals <laughs> opening day yeah we we do a big opening day party every year um so we definitely went to that game and i think i got to one other game other than that um yeah, so Austin is actually a, a transplant from the Pittsburgh area, from uh, State College, and I live in Baltimore, so he's a uh, Pirates fan and I'm an Orioles fan, but the Nats are kind of our side team and sure. we love going to games. And they win. They win sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that's important. That's the important part, right? <laughs> You know, I suspect that after that 19-31 and 31 start, their tickets yep. were probably easier to get than they were for uh, Game 7 last night. 
<laughs> Absolutely. And we actually, we're, our current facility, we're maybe, D.C. itself, you know, the district itself is pretty small. It's only about 65 square miles, but we're about two miles or so away from the park. Um, but we've got mm-hmm. a project in the works, and we're opening a second brewery and tap room. Um, it's literally about 400 feet from the center field gate over there. Oh, so God. wow. That should be open, hopefully, April 2024 opening, the Nats home opener. Um, and this is going to be absolutely nuts over there. Yeah. So a little mixed emotions watching Garrett Cole last night for you, uh, Austin, huh? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm defeated, man. Like <laughs> nothing nothing new to watch someone leave the Pirates and then go win a Cy Young and make all the money in the world. I'm used to it. Yeah. He's also uh, uh, Tyler Glass now. Yeah. Yeah. Garrett Cole was didn't seem too happy on the interview after the game. Oh no, man. He he He's had his Boris he had his Boris hat on, which of course sends a pretty strong signal. And uh, oh, I, don't think I don't think there's much chance of him coming back to the Astros. Yeah, well, it's still going to be interesting where he ends up, you know. Yeah. I mean, New York's always a, a potential destination for somebody of that caliber. Yeah. yeah, can only hope he's not wearing pinstripes next year. Yeah. That's pretty painful for me. Yeah. As much as I dislike it being a Mariners fan, I would bet he's going to end up with the Angels. Why do, why do you uh, think the, that? Uh, you know, Joe Madden's there now. Yeah. Uh, he's the manager. Yeah. Uh, the Angels have a propensity to spend, spend a lot big. of money. Yeah. And uh, I, I just, uh, that would be my guess right now is that that's where he ends and up. And he'll see that as maybe a little bit more revenge being in the Western uh, division as well? Or? It could be, yeah. yeah. A few extra games against the uh, the Astros. Yeah. Uh, but uh, great pitcher. I mean, he, he was lights out. And, yep. of course, he was warming up last night, and there's a bunch of controversy about, uh, well, why do you have him warming up if he's not going to get in there? But y- you can question Hinch on a couple of his, you know, I, I think he probably pulled Grinky a little bit early. Yep. Um, the one mistake pitch he made was that changeup that just kind of spun that right on the, on over the, hit, the plate. Yeah. And yeah. Rendon didn't miss it. But, uh, uh, yeah, he, there's disappointment he wasn't in the game. But mm-hmm. I think Hinch wanted to use him more as uh, – if they had the lead or if it was tied, uh, just that to kind of makes, close it out. But, that's, it's hard to argue with Hinch as a manager. He's done well with the team over the last several years. So. Yep, yep. Yeah, I kind of thought it was more like if Granke hadn't have made it, hadn't have thrown the jam that he did until he threw that bad changeup, yep. I think they came with Cole in the third inning with the quickness if he wasn't if he wasn't up to the par. You know? Yep, that was yep. a good point. Um, but yep. they didn't. Yeah, he's not customary come, customarily coming out of the bullpen, so I thought they might kind of, you know, jinx him before he hits the market as the richest pitcher of all time. But, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, then their bullpen is pretty good. They just – who was that? Um, Azuna. Uh, yeah, Azuna. I don't know oh, we'll talk uh, about him. Impressive. Yeah, yeah. Um, there were some bad pitches out of the bullpen too, but the nerves must get to those guys. Well, sure. We were watching the, the game separately. I guess it was game six, right, with that crazy call. For, uh, with all that, yeah, yeah. So yeah. And then, then the Martinez, our manager, who's, who had just had a heart attack, and <laughs> they were telling him not to get his blood pressure up. And so it was almost that. Yeah, we're also like just out of major league. I'm I'm not a really good lip reader, but I think I could understand what Martinez was saying. <laughs> yeah, those high def TVs make it a little easier to see what's going on there. 
But it was, it was a great World Series. I mean, it was it was really really entertaining. You know, the entire thing. Obviously, the 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 away team winning and all that. But uh, so much. What I really enjoyed was it really was driven by the starting pitcher, mm-hmm. pitching. And uh, after the last couple of years of you know relief pitching taking over, it was it was fun to see how deep into games these guys got and what a, a really good starting pitcher means mm-hmm. to a team. And I think, too, you know, game seven, but just the pressure of uh, Houston losing the first two games, mm-hmm. you could almost see it. You normally don't with the Astros, but even Altuve was pushing a little bit, and yeah. Bregman yep, didn't yep. have a great yeah, yeah. Uh, World Series. I'll tell you that grand slam, yeah. Uh, and uh, these guys, but then you look at uh, Rendon, and he <laughs> just looks like he, you know, is ready to go take a nap. He was just calm. <laughs> Throw the pitch. I'm ready for it, and uh, he didn't miss it if you made a mistake. Well, we we were joking about it because uh, you guys we're we're, uh, we're starting to do a little processing of hemp along with our hops uh, for CBD, and I think Anthony Rendon could be the poster <laughs> child for you know chilling out on on CBD the way he goes up there to bat. I mean, he is just so relaxed. That's a key no to it. <laughs> say that again you're making cbd hops now <laughs> we are so we are uh you know with the change in the federal law uh on january 1st uh we started having some of our growers grow a little bit of hemp and experiment and uh, hemp and hops are are quite similar plants uh and they're they're relatively um, understandable, I guess, for our hop growers on, on how to have some best practices put in place. So we did some experimentation, then we did a little experimentation around processing uh, that hemp into uh, a CBD extract. And uh, so we're, we're still playing around and learning from it. But, uh, you know, once and we're waiting for when FDA comes out with more clarity around how companies can use this including in beverages and certainly including beer um, but it is something that we've had a lot of breweries asking us about and uh, so it is something that we're, we're taking quite seriously and uh, you know uh, we look at the CBD uh, I would say as a company a combination of both as as pain relief and and and, and certainly non-addictive pain relief but also as a a relaxant and um, you know and that's where it's got a lot of interest from different brewers and uh, so we're, we're working on it and think it's going to be something that's going to be interesting for us as we move forward. Yeah I totally agree that that the, all of these changes and just sort of bringing what's already happening into the light is a, is a good thing I think and if you guys have uh, samples or need some need some feedback. You know, so. Oh yeah, yeah. But we, we're going to we're going to try to get Anthony Rendon as he, he and Rob Gorinsky, right? Fix yeah. up your muscles if you're a football player and chill out if you're a baseball player and keep your nerves under control as you go into the seventh game of a World Series and can hit a can hit a fastball out or a changeup. I guess it was a changeup that it Gorinsky. was a change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was an off speed pitch. Yeah, yeah. but uh, stay tuned for more details, guys. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're, we're working, working on it. it. We are working yeah. on it. So. Um, so I, I guess, uh, Sean, you're the suffering one there if you're an Orioles fan, huh? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> a little bit used to it, but, you know, we, we got, you know, a five-year plan and a light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> going to keep telling myself that. Just don't know if that's a train coming at, it through the, coming at you through the tunnel. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> But no, it's it's great for baseball, actually. I mean, it is, you know, I, 
you know, without getting into politics of any way, it is good to see uh, Washington win a World Series. Hopefully that can somehow translate into some camaraderie and hopefully they can drink some of your beers and just, you know, relax a little bit more and uh, get stuff done, right? And uh, that would be a good thing for everybody, so... Absolutely. And we, DC has a, a, we always catch a lot of, a lot of guff for not being a sports town, which I think is a completely misnomer. Right. Um, I mean, we had our, the Washington Miskits, their, uh, <laughs> Mystics, excuse me, our, uh, women's NBA team, you know, won the, won the championship. And then we got the Stanley cup, uh, last year and now, uh, world series this year. I don't hold out a lot of hope for the football side of things over here, but, uh, everything else is looking great. Yeah. The uh, yeah, the Redskins. I uh, they've uh, they but they've got a history, you know. They, they've they've had some good teams over the years, played yep. in some Super Bowls. Yeah, in the seventies. John yeah. Riggins and the gang back well, then. Yeah, we had uh, my alma mater's Washington State, and Mark Rippon, uh, Cougar quarterback, actually was a Super Bowl MVP mm-hmm. uh, the last time the Redskins won. So, uh, but no, I sports kind of brings us together. It it's it's something that. Uh, you know, in D.C., you can get Democrats and Republicans both rooting for the uh, uh, the Nationals to win the World Series, and and uh, not much hope it's going to translate into Congress and and uh, uh, the White House and all that. But uh, it is kind of a unifying uh, thing that we can all go have a beer together, enjoy, and kind of put the politics aside at least for uh, for nine innings. Right. Yep. Um, so. Yeah, and I think are the Nats fans are hopefully now are getting the reputation of being pretty pretty cordial and pretty welcoming. And there was somebody who uh, an Astros fan who was in town who took out an ad in the Post, which I don't know why you would do that and how much that cost, but it was a quarter page ad just thanking the town for being nice and. <laughs> saying how, you know, they go to other cities, they have a little bit different experience, but, yep. you know, some, some nice collegial banter going back and forth, but everyone was very welcoming. And, you know, yep. you go, go up the road an hour and a half to Philly and they have to graze the light bulbs. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we and, heard uh, there was uh, one, one attendee at the game who didn't get a cordial welcome, but apart from that, it was pretty good. <laughs> we, so, uh, personally, we're actually, we're told that uh, from the, from the roof of the new building that our, our new brewery is going to be in, uh, we should be able to see the Nats game. So Austin oh, and I nice. are pretty excited about going over the brewery. Oh, wow. Yeah, then. sure. Rooftop parties. Yeah. It'd be like Red Wrigley Park. Field, Wrigleyville. Yeah. 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 Kinda. Now, did you guys make it out to Yakima yet? Have you come out and seen the hops uh, during the, the growing season? We have not yet, but we would really love to. Is that an invitation? invitation? <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's a, it's a great place to get out. I mean, you guys are obviously making some really good beer here uh, between the Dance of Days and the, and the Science of Rowdy, and uh, it's it's a fun place to be. This is a this is a good baseball area. You know, a lot of a lot of uh, players have come out of this area. It's very intense competition among the youth leagues here and so on. But it's a you know, obviously, for for brewers coming out for the hops is is pretty fun. So. And get you guys out of the other Washington and over here to the real Washington. <laughs> yeah, be happy to. Yeah. Sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, thank you so much for joining us today, taking time out of your day. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sure you got a, just had a few extra beers last night celebrating the World Series. Uh, but it's a great it's a great victory for the Nationals. And and Steve, we know there's just that one team left now. Yep, my Seattle Mariners. Uh, I was telling Mike this morning, I'm actually going down to Arizona in January for a fantasy camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
not sure if uh, I'm hoping my health insurance will remain paid up during yep. that period of time. Yep. And I may have to find some CBD, too, for the <laughs> aches and pains afterwards. But uh, I'm, I'm pretty much convinced after that fantasy camp, I'll probably get an invite to spring training. So you got an EFIS pitch and a changeup, right? Uh, and a knuckleball. <laughs> and a knuckleball. That, okay. A yeah. guy my age needs, needs to have a good knuckleball. So you got, it, you got him going at about 70 miles an hour and 60 miles an hour and 50, as long as you're changing up speeds and location. You can... I'm, I'm hoping I can hit 50 on the radar, yep. radar gun. But uh, looking forward hey, to that. And uh, you guys uh, there at Atlas keep making great beer. Uh, this this is uh, good stuff you sent out, and hopefully we can get there. You get that rooftop uh, bar going. That's uh, right. We can see Nationals games. Mike and I will be out to visit you. Yep, we might have to go out and uh, do some lobbying for some proper FDA regulations around <laughs> CBD before you know it. So could be. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. There's nothing like a nice, nice cold, cold local beer after a day on the hill. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, guys, take care. Yeah, thank you guys for having us on and keep making uh, wonderful hops. Thank Will you. Do. Thanks, guys. Steve, it was, a, it was a great year. Uh, another year of our podcast is now concluded, and uh, it was a fun year. We got through a lot this year. It was pretty exciting baseball all around. and uh, We did. Uh, we doubled our listenership. We've got seven peop- seven or eight people now. Eight that, from four uh, to eight, yep. yeah. Yeah, and uh, – <laughs> No, it's it's always fun. Uh, talk about my three favorite subjects: uh, hops, baseball, and beer. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's been a joy. It's been a pleasure. Great baseball season. Yep. Um, and uh, hopefully we do it again next year. It was a good hop season. You know where you know you've you've put out your your final estimates now on uh, on the hop uh, harvest and uh, the quality and all that. And so people can see that online, of course. Uh, but uh, it's exciting. You know, we're still in a good space for, for hops, and uh, now we go into the winter and a couple of big events coming up. We've got uh, Brow, of course, over in Nuremberg, and uh, it's coming up fast in two weeks, and then uh, the U.S. Hop Growers Convention in, in sunny Portland in January. It'll be in Portland. Yep. yep. And uh, and then we go on to next year and do it again. And like you yep. say, it's the great thing about hops and baseball. They are the same the, season. The seasons just kind of follow each other along. Yeah. So. All right. Take care. And uh, thank you, uh, Corporate Alex, for arranging this all. Uh, You did a great job, as usual, getting everything coordinated and arranged, and uh, greatly appreciate it. See you next year, guys. See you.